Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for concussion and brain injury resources. Today, I will be talking with Anya Patel about her concussion recovery. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Stedman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not be familiar with who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Good Men Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. I'm also editor-in-chief of the Brain Health Magazine, and you can get your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast series at facesoftbi.com, and also be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And also, please join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Anya Patel, and Anya will be a junior in high school. And in January of 2018, she sustained a non-athletic concussion, and as a result, she continues to suffer from post-concussion syndrome and lasting neurological conditions. She's passionate about research and advocacy surrounding the lack of awareness in female TBI. She is the founder of Calming My Storm, a nonprofit that works to help others on their road to recovery and healing. So welcome to the podcast, Anya. I am so excited to have you here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited to hear more about your journey, and it always brings me so much joy to see young people really um, embracing their journeys and bringing awareness to this invisible injury that really is so misunderstood. So I'm really thrilled to have you here today. So Anya, let's start just by giving the listeners a little background on your injury and what happened. Yeah, so I suffered my concussion two years ago when I slipped down the stairs in my home when I was in eighth grade. After I fell, at first I insisted that I not hit my head until everything around me looked like the thermal thermal filter from the photo booth app. And I got up (laughs) and I suddenly had a pounding headache and was overwhelmingly nauseous and dizzy. Um, For the next couple months, I suffered from some of the immediate side effects of a concussion, including balance issues, light and sound sensitivity, along with horrible headaches, which stopped me from doing pretty much anything, whether it be holding a conversation or enjoying time with my family. Um, Yeah. So then I was unable to attend school until that May, so like four months after my concussion. And that even then, I was only able to go for a couple hours. And by May, I was able to start taking tests with extra time. 
and would take breaks and return to them once my headaches subsided. Um, throughout the summer, I still experienced headaches that my doctors believed to be the result of post-concussion syndrome that was exacerbated when I focused for long periods of time and really exerted myself. Um, these, only respond, these headaches only responded to leave, but I was taking two doses every day for many months. Oh, wow. Um, and then as the post-concussion syndrome continued in October, it kind of morphed into migraine with aura, as I later learned. And I began to develop severe and persistent headaches, along with difficulty concentrating, balance problems, double vision, and a weakness and loss of function on the left side of my body. As a result, I would miss many days of school and often left in the middle of the day when I couldn't bear to sit through class. Um, so that's kind of where I am now. Um, now I've recovered mostly through using many different treatments and remedies. Um, yeah, but that's kind of my concussion story. Yeah. So when you slipped and fell down the stairs, um, do you remember much, like, how you fell? Did you just kind of fall on your butt, or did you kind of, like, go head first, or do, like, cartwheels down the stairs? <laughs> yeah, well, I was a, I'm a pretty clumsy person in general, so I had <laughs> fallen down the stairs in my house before. Um, but one thing that we say, especially when I tell the story, is I slipped, I didn't fall, which kind of meant like my head took the brunt of the fall, not my back. Mm -hmm. And before my back had usually taken the fall, not my head. So like my head hit each step on the way down, like the um, last four steps. So I think that's why it ended up being so severe because of the way mm -hmm. I hit my head when I made contact. Yeah, yeah. I met another young gal. She, in the middle of the night, she got up to go downstairs um, to get a glass of water. And, you know, you're half asleep. And so she just kind of, same like you, kind of slipped, except she, like, lost her footing and kind of went head first. And um, oh. their stairway is the type that, like, has an L, like, it turns. Um, oh my god! And she went headfirst into the wall and actually like, put a big dent in the wall. Um, so oh you know, stairs are you I'm know really they're uh, they are especially you know if you're sleepy. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you so you do think like so I know in the beginning you said you insisted you didn't hit your head, but then you later realized that you did hit your head. Yeah, I think I was kind of in denial about hitting my oh, yeah. but my mom could tell because she looked in my eyes and they were like not aligned following the fall. And then a couple of seconds later, everything changed colors around me and I started freaking out. And I was like, never mind, I hit my head. You're right, I'm wrong. Um, that I knew. Yeah. So did you did you guys go to the doctor right away or what did that look like? Yeah. So. Um, we went to the doctor right away. We went to like our pediatrician and she was like, you definitely have a concussion. Um, because it was just like, so like right, right after I hit my head, I had all the symptoms. And she said, if you don't get better in the next couple of days, I'll refer you to this neurologist that I know. I didn't get better in the next few days. So we went to the neurologist and I think the neurologist knew how bad it was. Cause I remember we walked into the appointment and we were like, so can we go to school like soon, like in the next month? Or like in the next couple of weeks, and he's like, 
um, how are you going to hold your backpack? Or aren't the lights at school going to bother you? And kind of started listing the reason why you really need to rest and take it easy because you're basically going to walk into school, which has all of your triggers for your symptoms. Uh-huh. And kind of knew how bad it would be in the near term and was like, just take it easy for the next month, come back in another month, and we'll see where you are. And that's kind of how my recovery worked. It was just like, but I was at home. And I would spend my time being relatively active after the first month. The first month, I would sit and just sleep for a lot of the day and listen to audiobooks. But as my recovery progressed, I began feeling more active and able to do other things like I'd cook or I'd draw or I'd play with like this like kinetic sand because it was like calming and not doing too much. But I wasn't just like in a dark room, but I tried to do some things because like, I was going crazy mm-hmm. to my house. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they just released in the past, I believe, year or 18 months, um, the updated protocols. Uh, it used to be sit in a dark room for, you know, a couple of weeks. And now they're learning, no, do, do activity, do what you can um, until it starts triggering your symptoms. Once you start triggering your symptoms, then you need to back off the activity um, because so they're true. learning. Yeah, because they're learning just sitting in the dark room. Um, you start actually to regress. Um, And I know that I've seen that happen to a lot of people. And I know for me, I literally couldn't do anything. Like even just taking my dog out in the morning was a lot of work. Um, And, you know, when you're younger too, they really expect you to bounce back really quickly. And, you know, the statistic is that 80% of concussions will resolve in within 90 days. And I don't know that I believe that statistic just based on the amount of people I've met who have the lingering symptoms. Um, but especially with young, young adults, um, you know, teens, um, they, they really expect you guys to bounce back quicker. So when you don't, um, did you experience any, like, the doctors didn't believe you or thought you were faking it or even teachers who felt that way? Or were you taken yes. pretty seriously? I think that when I throughout when I initially had my concussion, I was taken very seriously. But then it started morphing into this post-concussion syndrome and migraine. And when I started having post-concussion syndrome, I personally didn't know what it was other mm-hmm. than, like, I really thought you just get better and you're done. Like, you had it, all your symptoms went away, now you're done. And my doctors were telling me, your eyes are just the last thing to get better. You're only getting headaches because you just started exercising. And all these reasons to explain my post-concussion syndrome that wasn't post-concussion syndrome. So I kept pushing myself, not knowing that I should stop, because it hadn't been explained to me that this is how post-concussion mm-hmm. syndrome works, or that this is actually just another part of your concussion or another facet. But I was just like, oh, it's just because I hadn't exercised for so many months, which isn't true because I was great at PT three times a week. But I kept trying to explain to myself why I was having these symptoms, which I think is what resulted in my migraines then getting so out of control. And I think once my migraines got out of control and I was saying, like, my arms tingling, like, my legs tingling, like, I don't know why this is happening, that it kind of sounded more ridiculous because no one had heard of somebody getting a concussion and then developing these crazy migraines. Like, my teachers had never met somebody like that. And my doctors were like, this rarely happens. I don't really understand. Like, are you sure this is, like, like – never really happens to people with a concussion. Like it's a really rare <laughs> thing. Just because it's rare doesn't mean it's not real. Oh, doctors crack me up. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's like they believe me 
to some extent, but I did, there are definitely doctors who are like, it's going to be fine. Like you're just overreacting. But I was like, I really don't think I can make this up. Like, this is really ridiculous. Like just because it's really rare doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And then it's like, just because concussions take longer than expected doesn't mean you're making it up. It just sometimes happens, um, which is kind of what I came to understand and learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the whole female concussion and how our hormones can play a role in our recovery as well, you know, and especially someone your age, um, your hormones are off the charts, right? And it's, you know, it is so fascinating um, to me that a doctor actually said that headaches are rare because that's probably the number one complaint after a concussion. Um, yeah. So, so how how were how was your school with accommodations? Were your teachers um, accommodating of you? Were you were you given accommodations? Were they helpful in helping you get through the classes? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think I had the benefit of everything that happened to me happened to me while I was in school, like except for my concussion. But when I returned to school, the school saw me return to my return to my schedule and then when my post-concussion syndrome acted up they saw it like I was in the building when like I couldn't write with my hands because it was tingling Mm -hmm. like they saw all my symptoms happen and I think that that made them really understanding but as I learned you do have to kind of be your own advocate and go to your teachers before classes start and explain your symptoms and explain what's happening to you because I think once people understand it and you tell them exactly what you need from them and you explain your story and why this is happening, they're just more empathetic towards you because they understand it and they get it. So I think that that was the thing that helped me the most was just being really honest with my teachers and being like, when I look like I'm not paying attention, it's not because I don't want to be paying attention. I really want to pay attention in your class, but sometimes I'll get a headache and it'll be really difficult. But that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't want to be in your class, right? Or I don't want to do this homework assignment if I miss it, or I don't want to take that test. It's actually just because I'm not feeling good that day. And explaining that, I think, is really important. Yeah, and I also think I also think that schools are becoming more aware of concussion. Um, I know one young gal, um, I believe she was a sophomore when she had her injury. And again, hers was at home. It wasn't sports or school related. And um, the school nurse, so, so her doctor had written accommodations for her. And so she took them to school and the school nurse actually said to her, well, there's other kids with concussions that don't need these accommodations. Why should we give them to you? And, I mean, it just breaks my heart to hear stories like this. And teachers thought that she was just trying to cheat, but she was an uh, honor roll student. She was in advanced classes, and she went from being an honor student to not being able to pass tests and and homework assignments. And, you know, to me, that should have been a red flag, like, okay, something really is wrong with her. Um, So I I do think schools are starting to get a lot better. They're getting a little more educated and, you know, teachers are beginning to, like, as a teacher, you should be able to see it. Like, you know your students and you know when someone is just slacking or when they're having a really difficult time with something. And it sounds kind of like that's what your teacher saw with you. Yeah, and I think it's just really important. Well, first, I think, like, a concussion, people think of, like, athletes 
end. Mm-hmm. Like dancers just returning to them and being fine. And then you see kids who did have a sports concussion at school who just came back three days later and were totally fine. So I think that when you define it as a concussion to the teacher, people who had only met people who just bounced back two days later are like, I don't understand. Yeah. And I do think that it's really important because we are, as teachers are understanding way more, but it's also really important as patients and as TBI, people with TBIs to really be really like straightforward and open about it. And like, I, I'm not like that other person. Like I have all these symptoms and they're stopping me from doing this. Like, look at my grades. I didn't used to be like this. Like, Uh I just need your support and your help and to really advocate for yourself. Because I do think then people are more, like, are more able to listen because they actually understand it. Mm -hmm. And where are you at now in your recovery, Anya? Um, So right now in my recovery, I have very frequent migraines. I've been using this device called um, Inura TMS. It's a neuromodulation device. Um, they use a central neuromodulation to change, um, like, the electrical patterns in the brain to stop migraines. It, like, produces mm-hmm. a single powerful magnetic force to calm the neurons that doctors believe cause migraines. Whereas I came to think of it was, like, calming the storm in my mind. And it basically, with daily use, it helps prevent neurons that become hyperactive during a migraine to become which leads to like become less hyperactive to lead to fewer attacks and that's been really helping my migraines along with implementing essential lifestyle changes including like drinking more water making sure you're always drinking eight glasses of water making sure you're always Mm -hmm. sticking to a consistent sleep schedule and knowing your triggers and knowing when you need to take a break like I've been concentrating for too long I need to take a step back and just stop and knowing that what causes your migraines to get bad, what causes your symptoms to flare, and making lifestyle adjustments to fix that, I think. So that's allowed me to really recover and live without pain, like less pain. And even though I still have migraines, I know how to control them now. And I think that that's, and figuring out like what's too much for me and knowing how much you can take on has been really important to my recovery. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the life changes is so critical. Um, Water's huge, especially, um, you know, our brain is made up of like 90% water. So it's critical that we stay hydrated. And I think it's very easy when you've had a brain injury to just not like remember to drink water. Right. And so that is, that's a really big key. And I definitely think at the beginning, I'd go into doctors and they'd be like, just do these like lifestyle changes. And I'd always be like, I don't understand how this drinking water, eight glasses of water is going to help make my pain better or stop my brain from happening. It just felt like such a simple thing to do. <laughs> so really it's the little things that you do that stop your neurons from going like from firing too much to stop your migraines or your body to become stressed and then cause the migraine. And like, I think those are things that like aren't really explained to you as a patient at first. And I think for me, it made me less susceptible to doing it because I didn't fully understand it. So I think like understanding your treatments and why you have to do them is just so important. Mm-hmm. And so Anya, you have started a nonprofit called Cal- Calming My Storm. And can you tell us a little bit about that and what you are doing with it? 
Yeah, so it kind of revolves around the idea that I was just saying and understanding what's going on in your body and your treatments and your therapies. So it kind of revol- so it revolves around this quote by Vivian Green that reads, "Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass; it's learning about how to dance. It's, it's about learning how to dance in the rain." And when um, I got uh-huh. my concussion, everything I believed defined me was taken away in a sense. And in the months following my accident, my accident, I strongly believed that if I found the correct therapy or medicine, my life would just return to normal. And as a result, I put many parts of my life on hold with the mindset yeah. that I would return to them once they recover. But I didn't understand that it would take time and that dealing with migraines really means making these lifestyle changes and that there is no cure that will make my life go back to normal. That it yeah. wasn't to like just wait for it to go away, but really finding ways to compensate. And that's the idea behind Calming My Storm, which is a nonprofit organization that works to help people on their road to recovery and healing through expert interviews and advice about novel treatments, educational resources, and personal narratives. And I really hope to help people find ways to continue to achieve their goals and reach for their dreams on their road to recovery and not to put their lives on hold, but find ways to compensate for their symptoms. So I think that's really important and understanding why does this therapy work for me? Like why, what happens when I'm doing PT that makes my symptoms better? Like on a really simple level, like, what therapies could possibly work for me that I'm just not hearing about in my everyday appointments and things like that. So that's the idea behind calming my story. Awesome. And, you know, kudos to you. I just, I can't imagine, because how old are you now? 15? 16. 16. I can't imagine when I was 16 being so, like, mature and, and just, taking this head on and doing the work that you're doing. And so I just want you to know I'm so proud of what you're doing. And we need more young people to come forward and fight the fight because, you know, as as a youth, as a child, you know, like even at like five years old, you know, you could have a concussion that can alter your entire chorus of your life. And you know, without getting the proper diagnosis or the proper treatment, um, you know, it really can alter your entire chorus. And I, I love what you said about, and I'm gonna get it, I'm, I'm gonna get your quote wrong, but you said something like, um, "Don't put your life on hold. Find ways to compensate around um, your symptoms." And that's yeah. so important. And knowing your limits, knowing where you're gonna fatigue. Like, okay, I'm feeling it. Okay, I need to step back. I need to go sit in a quiet room for a little bit, right? Or maybe you have to go take a two-hour nap. You know, that's what I had to do in the beginning. And it, it, it's tricky to, to learn that ebb and flow and to know where your limits are. Um, but once you can kind of figure that out, you know, you might not be able to go back to a full-time career, you know, that's a high-stress job. You might not be able to go back to that. But you might be able to find something else that's just as meaningful and fulfilling. And, you know, for someone like you that's still a student, you know, school can be a real challenge. And um, having the support system with the teachers and your family um, to help you navigate through that, because it is, it's critical, because, you know, you have college to look forward to and then finding a career of your own. Um, So, I, I have to assume it sounds like your family has been very supportive and behind you in yeah. all of this. Um, and, 
were they helpful in getting you back to school and then also starting this nonprofit? Yeah, my parents and my family has been really helpful. And I think one of the things that we'll say now is like looking back, we're like, I can't believe that when we started to get post-concussion syndrome and I started getting it, we didn't just stop, but we didn't know. And I think that that's uh-huh. a big part of it is we had never personally met anybody who had yes. symptoms like mine or whose concussion lasted for so long. And I think my parents, I know, really wanted to know how to help me, but just we didn't know how. We just didn't know how to deal with it. We didn't have a network of people. We didn't know anybody who we could be like what do we do now like you go into the doctor's appointments and they'd be like here's the lifestyle changes here's the 504 then it's like how do you implement that in your everyday lives and how do you deal with this huge change of like not being able to do the things that you used to be able to do but they've been uber supportive and helping me find ways and doing research and finding therapies and helping me personally understand why I should be doing these things and allowing me to ask a bajillion questions at my PT appointments <laughs> and taking me to doctors until we found the one doctor who who would sit there with me and explain it to me. Because we went to so many doctors who'd spend like five minutes with us and be like, here's your diagnosis. Yes. Maybe the diagnosis was correct. And they'd be like, Here, here's the neuropsych you need to go see. Here's the PT you should go see. Here's what you need to do. But they wouldn't sit with you and hear your story and explain mm-hmm. to you why you need to do this. Or say, okay, you don't want to take this medicine that gives you a lot of side effects? Try this therapy instead. So they took me to so many doctors until I found that one doctor who now I have that is like, okay, you don't like this medicine. Let's see if there's an alternative to taking medicines because I don't deal with side effects of medicines very well, which is actually what led me to the neuromodulation device. So just someone who's uh-huh. like, is like, okay, you're a student. You don't want to have them take medicines that make it harder to concentrate than it already is or that stop you from having conversations with people, okay, so what medicine should we be giving you, or what therapy should you be trying? And that's been so helpful to me. It's just finding and the, device, and the device you're using, did you say it's a TMS? Yeah, it's a TMS device. Transcranial magnetic, I forget what the S stands for. Stimulation, thank you. <laughs> yes, I heard great things. So I'm curious, do you have a device you use at home or do you go somewhere and they use it on you? So it's like a um, a tiny device. It's portable. I can travel with it. I use it. So you do it. Um, you can take it as many times. You can take it. As, you can take two like pulses every 15 minutes when you're having an attack. And I use it in the morning and the night. And it's portable. It's like tiny. It doesn't hurt to take for me. Um, and following it, it really just instantly helps my symptoms. So if I feel an aura coming on, I will take the device and it'll help decrease that aura in my arm and I'll constantly take it for the next 15 minutes and it will hinder the migraine attack from coming on. It is really incredible. Yeah, that is, that's, that's awesome. And I know that TMS is used a lot as well to help with depression, um, so that I, I, there's a ton yeah. of new research coming out with TMS, and I know it's an amazing device. So I'm yeah, glad that it, you have found that and it's helping you. It was kind of crazy. We actually, I started using it the week that it got approved for adolescents with mm-hmm. migraine Adora. That week that it got approved, we tried it because we heard about it, and the doctor was like, awesome. yeah, it's really successful among this age group in trials. Why don't you try it? So it's like a very new treatment for Mm -hmm. adolescents, but it's really been helping me. 
Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm glad you found relief. So, Anya, we are just about out of time, and thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Do you have any final thoughts um, for particularly people your age or their parents that might be listening? Um, you know, what advice would you give them if they're still on their journey? I would just say I think it's really important to be really open and honest with everybody about how you're feeling about your pain levels and then working from there because I think it's really important to listen, explain it to your teachers, explain it to your parents, and really advocate for yourself and your symptoms and know that it will take time and that even though mm-hmm. now it may feel like nothing is getting better and that you're just not moving forward, then maybe in a couple of weeks or a couple of days or a couple of months, you'll look back and you'll be like, wow, I made a lot of improvements. So even now it might feel like you're not moving forward, but eventually you will be and that it is possible to get better from a concussion, even though it might feel like it's not right now. It really is. You just have to be patient and be really like open to try new things and new therapies and treatments. Well, that is excellent advice. Anya, thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And you can always find past episodes on most streaming platforms, such as iTunes, or you can go to facesoftbi.com to find them. And again, just a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. And also be sure to join Amy's TBI tribe on Facebook to connect with other caregivers, survivors, and loved ones. And another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers, and you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode.